in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Tanks podcast, part of the 1012 Network and the official podcast for Red Raider Sports. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And today we are continuing and ending our series on new Big 12 members. Uh, well, ending for the time being. We still don't know if more will be added. We still don't know what's going to happen with potentially the corner four from the Pac-12 or anything else like that. But for now, we are going to end this series with our new Big 12 members coming in. And we're ending it with... It's the Cincinnati Bearcats. And with that, we had to get the number one Bearcat website there is for all Bearcat sports, and that is uh, Bearcat Journal. And to, to look at the Bearcat Journal, we had to get the executive producer for that, and that is Aaron Smith. What is going on, Aaron? Yeah, no, not a problem at all. Uh, glad to have you on. Glad to learn a bit more about the Cincinnati Bearcats. Um, but also, we have another member on the pod. You know him. You love him. He is the people's champ himself, and that is Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jerm? thought you were leading in earlier saying, this is the it's going to be the biggest Bearcats fan we have on the pod. It's Jeremy. <laughs> oh, man. Super excited that we're rounding out the four. Do you realize how many cats we have coming in? we got two cougars and then a bear cat, you know, a lot of cat-themed things happening here, um, but really excited to talk about what Cincinnati's bringing to the table and how the Big 12 is going to continue to grow And before it becomes the what, the gigantic 32 or whatever in the next couple of years. Jeremy, would I ever make fun of you on this podcast? Come on, man. Not, a, not in my self-opposed amnesia. I can't remember a single time. <laughs> Seems like yeah. every time you do something, I just kind of black out. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well, uh, well, Aaron, thanks for coming on the podcast again. Really appreciate it. Um, so let's talk about your Cincinnati Bearcats. So you had a 2021 season to remember. Y'all are the first group of five football program to ever make the college football playoff. Um, they couldn't doubt you. They couldn't deny you. Uh, they tried to. They, when that sh- first- they, sure, <laughs> they sure did. They sure did. <laughs> when that first ranking came out, I was like, oh, man, they're not going to let them go. But y'all made it. Um, tell us a little bit about how that season was, how how it was from the Cincinnati side. Um, and, I mean, and after talking about that, actually, no, just tell us, tell us all about that. Yeah, just let all us right. know. Um, it was a magical season. There's, there's literally no doubt about that. Um, it wasn't, are you winning all your games? It was how well are you winning? Did you, did you get enough style points? Well, style points aren't easy to do when you're playing Navy and they're holding the ball for as long as they can the entire game. Uh, you know, it came down to the big 12. They, they did us a favor, did us a solid getting us in, uh, because if Oklahoma state wins that game, Oklahoma state's in, right? There's there's no way you're letting in Cincinnati, even undefeated. You're not letting in Cincinnati if you can help it. But we had a resume, thanks to Notre Dame, thanks to Indiana, uh, thanks to wiping the floor with the rest of the American Conference. And uh, we we did everything that had to be done. Uh, we, we even had to thank COVID for the extra year of eligibility that came for a lot of the guys that uh, stuck around. I think we graduated like something like 30 seniors from that team. Um, definitely some super seniors in there and, uh, ended up with, you know, nine NFL draft picks from that team, which is again, unprecedented for a group of five teams. So not only did we break the glass ceiling as far as getting into the playoff, uh, we, we did some things that had never been done as far as the NFL draft goes. So it was a hell of a ride. Is that team the greatest 
group of five team ever. I mean, you have the, the 2010 TCU team that virtually got them into the Big 12 the first time. You have uh, the everybody loves Boise State in 2010. Like, everybody. I mean, you got to love that Boise State team. Um, and, uh, well, actually, not 2010. That was, oh, what year was that? Um, 09. Sorry, the 09 team that beat Oklahoma. Um, and then, of course, you know, the, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the 2018 UCF team that claims their national championship. Is this Cincinnati team better than the rest? I'm not ready to necessarily say that it was the best team uh, ever out of the group of five because I'm not sure that I'm ready to say it's even the Bearcats' best team. And I say that because 2009, we were one play away from making the national championship until Texas won a game and ended up in the national championship that year. And instead, we had to take on Tim Tebow and Jesus in the Sugar Bowl, and that did not go well. (laughs) <laughs> so what you're saying so, is is that just so i mean you're already welcome to the big 12 just because you hate texas like the rest of us <laughs> horns down right yeah, there, there, you there go. we go <laughs> so so let's look ahead let's look at the 2022 season a lot of the play a lot of players are coming back for from that team from 21 mm-hmm. except arguably the two biggest names in sauce Gardner and desmond mm-hmm. ritter um what is the outlook for the cincinnati bearcats in 2022 The outlook right now is there's a ton of question marks, Uh, notably at quarterback, where we still don't know who's going to be taking the snap in that very first game against Arkansas. And uh, it's between Evan Prater and Ben Bryant, the prodigal son returning from Eastern Michigan, as he had uh, been with the Bearcats, transferred out for one year, started for Eastern Michigan for a season, and came back. Uh, Evan Prater is also the best recruit in Cincinnati's program history. So uh, we, we don't know who's going to be starting uh, with Ben Bryant being a senior and Evan Prater, I believe, is technically a sophomore. Um, who knows anymore, though, with COVID and all of that, th- that extra year of eligibility throws everybody off. Um, so that's the biggest question mark. Uh, but Cincinnati still has Luke Fickle, even though everybody seems to think he's leaving every single year, uh, just extended for six years. So... I think it's safe to say he's not going anywhere. Um, but that said, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's, again, you know, a ton of question marks, but we do have the back-to-back-to-back, I believe it's three in a row, uh, best recruiting classes in program history. Um, so, so, like, sequentially, they've all been the best class in, in program history, and that's a lot of talent to build on considering we're doing it on the American conferences, $7 million a year compared to everyone else making the Buku bucks. So we're doing all right. I, I will say, I will say with Luke Fickle, right. Cause I ain't gonna lie. I was one of them. I was like, man, eventually he gonna leave Cincinnati. Right. Um, but three things happened that I, now I think he'll be a lifer is that Ohio state hired a different coach. Notre Dame hired a different coach and Cincinnati's now a power five program. And so with those three things all happening, I he seems build the statue. I feel like he's, he's going to be there forever. <laughs> well, think about this too. Like when you look at some of the traditional powerhouse programs in the P5, you have a lot of boosters who pretty much demand respect and they they want to feel like they're part of the decision-making process in that, hey, we gave you X amount of dollars, especially when you look at a program like like a Texas where, hey, we, we brought this kid in. We're, he's going to play. We, we spent X amount of dollars to get him in here. He's going to play. At Cincinnati, you don't really have that. It's not a storied football program. 
I mean, we it's really only in its third decade of relevancy by comparison to the basketball program, which goes all the way back into the national championships in the 50s. So it's a little bit different when you don't have the influence of boosters who are trying to call the shots. And Luke Fickle can kind of manage without having to listen to anybody who's trying to foot the bill off on the side, which makes things very, very different than Ohio State, where he came from, or any of these traditional blue blood programs. Well, Aaron, can you actually expound on that a little bit? Because something we've talked about with other programs is kind of like, you know, this, like I have an example is UCF, like UCF's entire existence has been win a lot, get to the next level, win a lot, get to the next level, earn, 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 earn uh, to this point where now they're finally in a power, power conference. And they're like, okay, now, now what's the next goal? You're saying that Cincinnati, like for football, especially, I mean, the basketball program obviously has a lot more of a story past. Um, you know, for this football program, 30 years of relevancy uh, is a long time, but also it can feel like a very short time. And so what, when you're looking at this program, like, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about like Cincinnati as it's grown up and become where it is today that, you know, when you look at oh, like a Texas Tech fan looks at Cincinnati, like, dang, this football team came out of nowhere. But how did you guys actually get there? Well, I mean, it really started back when Mike Dent or uh, Mark D'Antonio, who eventually used Cincinnati as a stepping stool to get to Michigan State, followed by Brian Kelly, who used Cincinnati as a stepping stool to get to Notre Dame before he ended up at LSU making weird TikTok videos with kids dancing with them. Um, (laughs) Then we ended up with Butch Davis, who used Cincinnati as a stepping stool to get to Tennessee. Then we ended up with Tommy Tuberville, who you guys are all too familiar with, who ran this program into the ground. He even cussed out a kid on his way out the door. I don't know if you guys knew that. He told a kid to go to hell, get a job. Um, yeah, it was. Sounds it was, familiar. Can we call this the Tubber? Like, what did I say, Alvin, earlier? The Tubber Bowl? Can we just call this the Tubber oh, Bowl the Tubber between Bowl. the United <laughs> Tech? We, we try to forget about him. So, no, we're, so we're good. We're, so do we. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but we followed up Tuberville with maybe the biggest game-changing hire in program history with Luke Fickle. And here we are, where every other coach prior to him had used Cincinnati as a stepping stool. And I just simply don't think that's the case anymore. Luke has had opportunities to leave for bigger programs, and he's stuck it out. And he's getting essentially everything that he wants. We're we're in the process of building a... uh, indoor practice facility for him here in Cincinnati. It's probably a little bit more important to have something like that here than it is down in Texas because we have winters. Um, but outside of that, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's been, it's been a quick build in all honesty. If you look back at some of the storied programs that have had a very long history, but I, I like where we're at. And when you, when you make the playoff as a G five school, no one else can say they did that. And, uh, Got to like where we're at going into the Big Twelve. Yeah, you, you, so you talk about facility for half, like for uh, for a second there, and yes, definitely climate makes a difference, right? But Texas Tech just revealed like this. I don't know if you saw it, this two hundred million dollar uh, renovation to the south end zone for our football stadium, which is just coming off the back of this massive uh, indoor facility that we have built in the past couple of years. Um, there's a there's a lot of discussion around. 
you know, in this new NIL world, this battle between, you know, used to be the facility wars of like, okay, can we get better, bigger, better facilities so that recruits want to come here? And now it's becoming like, there's this other side saying, can we just pay recruits directly so that they want to come here? Um, but it sounds like Cincinnati is trying to still invest in a lot of infrastructure, um, first of all, because you need it. But second of all, uh, you are getting a lot more of the spotlight and it is becoming more apparent that Cincinnati is definitely a destination uh, the longer fickle stays. And so, um, like, is that kind of the similar mindset for Cincinnati fans? Like, you guys can, the bigger you build facilities, the better you will be respected, like, when you get into the Big 12? So, Cincinnati is a little different in where it's actually located. It is roughly, I used to live downtown um, about a year ago, actually. And um, it is within five, seven minutes of, like, the epicenter of downtown Cincinnati. It's not far at all. Um, I guess that's if you hit every light, but um, it's, it's literally like if the Reds hit a home run, you're hearing the fireworks going off from campus, like not loud, but you're, you're hearing them. Um, So it's, it's not far. Now that said, there's not a ton of room to build on campus. So Nippert stadium, for instance, it holds roughly 40,000 people. And that's not much in the world of college football. But they don't really have plans to try and expand that. Um, reason being is, A, it's very, very loud. Anybody who, traveling teams who come to visit Nippert Stadium, the way it's kind of set down in the ground, much like uh, Michigan Stadium, um, you, you hear it like it's it's super loud. Being on the field is pretty incredible experience, especially when you're hoisting that trophy for the uh, conference championship at the end of the season. Um, but it's uh, it's it's an atmosphere kind of unlike any other. That said, it's really difficult to try and build infrastructure when it's the stadium's located in the middle of campus, and so you're you're in a city center. The stadium's in the middle of campus. Where else are you going to go? You do, I mean. To try and, and get anything else to really expand, you'd have to try and buy up like part of the neighborhood or parks or something of that nature. And that's been the hard part. So even with the indoor practice facility, um, they, they had a bubble that they were using, but this facility is going to actually be a, a building uh, that they're they're going to be building. And that's going to be, again, on campus because they're to do anything else would be extremely expensive, number one. And number two, you'd either have to be tearing down part of the neighborhood or uh, going into parks. And that's something that the uh, the surrounding area really doesn't want to see. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, 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 that is very interesting as far as when it comes to some of that Cincinnati infrastructure. I will say I have driven through Cincinnati once <clears throat> on my one of my cross-country trips. And Cincinnati is actually, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful, like, downtowns, one of those beautiful cities I think I've driven through. Got a river that cuts right through it. Um, you drive through hours of Kentucky, and it's almost like an oasis opens up. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> coming down, Kentucky, coming down like, the hill. Yeah, coming down yeah, the hill. It's, yeah. it's, you, you come around that hill, corner, like, it's like, bam. It's almost like skyline. heaven opens up from a... It's like it's almost like heaven opens up from like a rough life. Like you've had a rough life, and heaven just rough life that is Kentucky, and you just open up to heaven, and then you're like, oh, <laughs> oh Cincinnati, thank you. It's a beautiful city, absolutely beautiful city. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about 
coming so we've coming to the Big Twelve. What does mm-hmm. coming to the Big Twelve mean for the Cincinnati Bearcats? Well, again, I mean, I already mentioned it once. Uh, first and foremost, going from a seven million dollar a year income as part of the American Athletic Conference to being where you're going to be making. I think right now everything's at 30 and it's projected to go to roughly 50 by 2025 um, with the new TV media deal. Um, so that's that's game changing for a program to quadruple income. I mean, that's absurd. Um, outside of that, it's not fun to play teams like ECU or... Um, you know, <laughs> real quick, why do why everybody keeps crapping on East Carolina? I feel like every part we've had of the new teams are like, man, I'm just tired yeah. of playing East well, Carolina. Hey, <laughs> ACU really honed in on ECU. Well, because it's a, it's a, it's not an easy place to travel to. First and foremost, second, when you get there, team, it's it's like it's like a trap game. It doesn't make sense that that ECU is. It, and I think they've had Holt Nailers there now for about 17 years. So I, I don't know how he's still quarterbacking for the Pirates out there. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, even even when you look at schools like a South Florida, a Tulane, an, a, a Navy, um, you know, these these aren't schools that are really boosting your resume. So rather than be in a position where you're on the outside looking in at the playoff, going undefeated, which we were not last year, but the year prior. You know, we're kind of wondering what else we had to do, and so uh, this is it's, this is a, a big opportunity to kind of show everybody that, that just because we were in the American Conference doesn't mean that this program's a joke. On top of that, of course, it it helps to bring in recruits and up the program that way. So it's it's not it's not one thing certainly. It's, it's a multitude of things. So do you? Uh, there's two parts to the story. Okay. No, I just want one one other thing I just want to say on that is so one thing is y'all coming to the Big Twelve is also a kind of a branch to West Virginia, right? West Virginia's kind of been on an island mm-hmm. for the longest time and where you're situated in the country, it's kind of like you're an olive olive branch there, if you will. And also when you're talking about recruiting Y'all are now competing over really just the, the y'all are the only ones competing over those type of recruits, right? Like you're not going to see a lot of Texas Tech recruiting Ohio or Kentucky or or Virginia or something like that, like Ohio and West Virginia. Do you kind of see something like that blossoming? So keep in mind, we are in Ohio, where we have to compete with Ohio State, we have to compete with Michigan, we have to compete with Michigan State, we have to compete with Penn State, we have to compete with Indiana, we have to compete with Purdue. We have to compete with Illinois. We have to compete with Kentucky. We have to compete with Tennessee. So it's there's still a lot of players in the game right here in this area, uh, which none of those places are more than five, six hours away. So it's a pretty easy drive to any of those places. Um, West Virginia was in Conference USA with us, and so they are a pre-existing rival. Um prior to their move to the Big 12. So we're certainly excited to get that rivalry back. Um, So that's uh, not just, I wouldn't call it an olive branch. Um, I I would call it, (laughs) (laughs) I I would call it maybe an angry stick. Is it a thorny thorny branch? I mean, (laughs) it's going to be good to get that rivalry back. Um, Although I don't know that West Virginia has been really relevant since Pat White was there. Um, 
that said, uh, it's it's good to have a team that is close enough by that that the average fan can drive to. It's not a crazy ticket to try and get. I wouldn't think. I mean, maybe with the rivalry coming back, um, but maybe give it a couple of years, and I don't think it's going to be a crazy ticket to try and get for an average fan. Um, so, so certainly with so many teams down in Texas, it's good to have a rival that close for sure. So, you know, there's a lot of optimism and excitement I can tell about coming to the Big 12 and for many appropriate reasons. Are there any apprehensions about leaving the conference now? Um, you know, I, I think that you've said a lot of things where you're no. like, you know what? There it is. <laughs> there you go. Aaron has a no character for the AC and he's ready to get out. Um, so to give you a, an idea, on um, our one of our podcasts, uh, we have a couple of different podcasts in our network, um, but on one of our podcasts last year, the AAC asked us to um, – I, I wasn't a part of this podcast. I, I do the production for it, but um, they asked us to do our preseason uh, poll, our preseason rankings for the season. So we gave Cincinnati, and we gave – let me think, last year, Houston. And I think there was one more, maybe Memphis. And after that, we picked the names out of a hat. And we <laughs> that was that was uh, my, that was my boss, Chad, and, and his uh, co-host, Dave. And uh, that was how we submitted it. And this year we were actually not asked back to do the AAC preseason poll. Um, now, that all said. We did run our own poll today on our show, um, and so uh, we, we did the same thing. We, again, picked the names out of a hat because once you get past three or four, um, there, there, it doesn't matter. And that's why there is no apprehension for leaving this conference. Like everybody else is just <laughs> Temple and ECU and Tulane and South Florida. Like what, what am I missing? Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> oh, that's a fantastic answer. Man, that's great. So we talked about what what going to the Big Twelve means for Cincinnati. What does Cincinnati bring to the Big Twelve? That's a good question. Um, I think it brings history because again, in basketball we do have two national championships. Uh it it's got the oldest stadium i believe or or close to the oldest stadium in college football in nippert stadium um i think it was built in i'm gonna be wrong i think it's 1908 it's i mean it's very old um that said um there's there's a lot of history though there's i mean it's academically it's been a very high graduation rate under luke fickle uh, he doesn't really have a whole lot of tolerance for that kind of thing. Um, and I, I can't imagine that West Miller is going to be any different, although college basketball is a little bit different as kids jump early if they're good enough. Um, I, I think that there is an energy in the city. I think you saw that last year when college game day came to Cincinnati and uh, we were insane. I mean, everyone was so jacked for college game day making its first appearance at Cincinnati ever. Um, But there's just a ton of energy around everything going on right now with Luke Fickle and and what he's built here. And the fact that, again, you you can't say it enough, he could have left several different times, some public, some not. 
and he has stayed. And Wes Miller here as a North Carolina graduate, uh, as a Roy Williams disciple, as a um, guy who's been very successful in his past and is getting the basketball team back on track after a little misstep with the uh, previous regime. Um, it's uh, it's nothing but a good thing. And I think spreading out out of the Texas footprint and getting a little bit of, of different um, flavor in the conference is, is also a good thing for you guys. So we've talked about football a little bit. So what about basketball? I mean, this is Big 12 now is really positioned themselves as the premier conference in basketball. Move over ACC. Big 12 is here. We, we're, we're it. And of the four teams come to the Big 12, at least three of them have a pretty storied basketball history. Sorry, UCF. Have a pretty storied <laughs> basketball history and a pretty good basketball program as of right now. So, I mean, what is that? What do you think? How do you think Cincinnati is going to be able to fit into the uh, basketball part of the, of the conference? I think it's good that we have one year in between now and when we enter the Big 12 as Wes Miller. Am I allowed to cuss on here? Um, Wes Miller was was handed a shit sandwich when he got to Cincinnati um, with John Brandon being fired uh, the way that that all went down um, and Wes Miller taking over. Um, he had less than an entire offseason to build a program and this is his first real full off season. Um, that said he landed Landers Nolly uh, from Memphis, which was a huge get for the program. Um, I, I think that he has a vision and I don't think that it's quite where he wants it yet, but I think that this team this year is going to be leaps and bounds better than where it was at last year at this time. As he, again, I, I, it's really hard to be successful when you don't have a full off season. You had seven transfers uh, because of the way everything went down with the, the previous coaching staff. And it's kind of finally, he, he's got a grasp on what this team is, who they can be, how they work together and um, give him another off season. Now that he can officially say, Hey, we're big 12 next year. Um, it, again, just changes the landscape for who you can recruit, how you can recruit, and who you can bring to the table, really. It's crazy how just even like shaking up the quality of opposition or the um, like the how many quality opponents you'll play because, you know, top four teams in the AAC, you know, pretty good, and then the rest are in a hat. But with the Big 12, it's like, you know, if you slip, you end up like Texas, who loses to Kansas multiple times. Uh, and then you're getting shamed for, you know, on the internet for the, the rest of eternity. Uh, so speaking of a team that can actually trip you up if you're not careful, like what is Cincinnati's perspective on Texas Tech? Any, I mean, anything you know or have heard of or if there's even like, you know, if it's football, if it's baseball, if it's, you know, what is when you think Texas Tech and we're negating the very obvious connection. Right? We're not going to talk about that. But if you're looking at Texas Tech, like what are Cincinnati's what, – what's the thought there? Well, I did a little homework on you guys, and I know that you're currently in a quarterback situation, much like us, where there's a huge question mark. Um, I'm sure that you both have your favorite who you want to win, as as I do as well. Um, but you're also in a, in a state of transition as far as football goes um, with a 
coach in his first season. So right now I'd have to say that Texas Tech would be, in football anyway, kind of a wild card. Because um, who knows how quickly you can build up what, what this coach is capable of doing. And I, I think that we're all kind of on the same page when we're all curious to see what your new coach for the Red Raiders is, is able to do for your Texas Tech football. That said, on the basketball side of things, everyone in the Big 12 is good. There is no bad. So, I mean, we're we're coming in. We, we know, I think everybody knows that we, we just hope to put ourselves in a position to compete. We also know that you can go about 500 in the Big 12 and still dance. Whereas if you go 500 in the oh, American, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're done, done. So um, it's, I haven't done too deep a dive into Texas Tech, into the Big 12, as right now we still currently have to try and stay just a little cognizant of what's going on in our own conference. Uh, that said, we, we definitely are looking ahead. Um, I mean, I watched the Big 12 media day today with uh, Brett Yormark, and I'm super excited about what that dude's going to bring to the table because um, I think that's nothing but a good thing. Um, but I, right now I'm looking at you guys at about a 100,000-foot view along with the rest of the conference and haven't really zeroed in on, on anybody quite yet. So can you see a Texas Tech-Cincinnati, maybe not a rivalry, but like a, a little uh, tit-for-tat coming up here in the future? What I've seen in regards to football with Luke Fickle is if he feels slighted or disrespected by your head coach in the way that he conducts himself during the game or post-game, um, there may be a little bit of a rivalry there. Um I know that uh, with uh, Holgerson, I, I don't think uh, Luke's crazy about that guy. Um, <laughs> Holgerson's going to get into so many fights in the big, in the new Big Twelve. I tell you, <laughs> that guy does not have many like friends. A, like a true Red Raider, like a true <laughs> Red true. Raider. That's fair. That's facts. Um, but but I, I think that there's a and and I don't I don't know that I think UCF. And Cincinnati are close to being a rivalry, but like, I don't know. Right now, I think the only real rivals that we have going into the conference is West Virginia. Just, and that's that's an old, almost buried rivalry that we're digging back up. So I, I think it'll be. I think that there's certainly room for rivalries, and, and obviously, as the entire nation prepares itself for new rivalries due to conference realignment. I think everybody's kind of open to anything, but we just have to kind of see the, uh, the fireworks. I'll be honest with you, man, that West Virginia connection is super important. Like I think that for the time that West Virginia has been in the big 12, they have never felt like they could engage some, like another team as a rival. And so they felt kind of as this ethereal, like, Hey, we're just kind of, we're trying to get back to some kind of semblance of significance and, you know, but we don't really have anybody to make us feel that way. And so Cincinnati coming in for me is super exciting because it it kind of affirms West Virginia's place in the Big Twelve. It's like, hey, you, we can have somebody close by that you can really like butt heads with, and that you have in the past, and that makes that I, I think those those geographical rivalries are super important. You mm-hmm. know, something we're really testing the waters with with all this realignment. I agree completely. And uh, if if West West Virginia was not in the conference. I think it makes it just as awkward for Cincinnati as they wouldn't have anybody in that same regard. So, um, I I mean, I guess UCF, but again, that's 
all the way to Florida. I mean, that's a 17 hour trip, 15 hour trip to drive from Cincinnati to Orlando. I've done it. Um, it's, it's not a fun trip. Um, but, but it is, it's quite a trip. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's super important to continue to have these geographical rivalries. And I, I think that's part of what makes the big 12, the big 12. And I, I think that's why you see the pac 12, a little bit gun shy in breaking up because, I, I think people are still trying to hold on to those geographical rivalries. Yeah, problem for the Pac-12 is there ain't no ain't no Cincinnati's left, <laughs> ain't no UCF's left, no more Houston's. They're gonna go out and go get Boise State. Sorry about you. Um, you got a Memphis will, out there. They're they're about the only one, I guess. Yeah, I mean Memphis is Memphis is still trying to call the Big Twelve. Like, hey, you are. I, 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 th- I think <laughs> they're still there? waiting on sanctions. If I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, that's facts, too. Um, so I will say Texas Tech Cincinnati did play on the football field once. Um, and it was a tie. It was a 10-10 tie in 1968, back when ties were still a thing in college football. Garbage. So the first time these two teams play, well, that they, that program will have the lead in the series. So that'll be exciting in itself. Um Aaron, it was great having you on the podcast. But before we let you go, I'd be remiss if I didn't get you on the hot seat. All right, hot seat questions put you on some some people fare well in the hot seat some not so great are are you ready for it all right so 2021 was an incredible sports year for the city of cincinnati what was more impressive the cincinnati bearcats going to the college football playoff or the cincinnati bengals going to the super bowl i would have to say it's it's a very tough call but the Bearcats breaking the glass ceiling, doing something that no one else had ever done before, is probably more impressive than the Bengals going to the Super Bowl, even though they were underdogs all season long. Who do you currently consider your biggest rival? Currently? Um, I mean, the rivalry with Louisville is dead and buried since they went to ACC. Uh, the West Virginia rivalry is coming back, but we're not quite there yet. So the only rivalry that we currently have alive is the Liberty Bowl um, in football. Or I'm sorry, not the Liberty Bowl. The uh, it, oh my god, I blanked. It's my Miami. It's the University of Miami, and they. It might be the Liberty Bowl. Maybe it is the Liberty Bowl, I, but I'd completely blanked on that. Um, as I was thinking about basketball, because Xavier, uh, the crosstown rival, Xavier Musketeers are our biggest rival. Um, they're a 10-minute drive from Cincinnati. Five, ten minutes. That makes sense. All right, who is your favorite Cincinnati athlete of all time? Of all time? Man, there were so many good athletes coming out last year. Travis Kelsey's always a name that's easy to go to. Kenyon Martin's easy to go to. But I think it would probably be Marty Gilliard, wide receiver for the 2009 Bearcats. He even had the puka shells in his braids. Uh, He was an electric returner, an electric wide receiver, and uh, he was probably my favorite uh, player from Cincinnati. All right. Um, Jason, Pat Mahomes or Travis Kelsey? Travis Kelsey all day. Come on now. <laughs> Who would win in a fight, Travis Kelsey or Jason Kelsey? Oh, that's a good question. 
Jason Kelsey's got that dog in him, right? Like, I think it would be Jason. He's they're both crazy. They're both crazy. But uh, Jason's the older brother, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I but I think Tra- the Tra- there. But Travis has the. I think he's got the reach on him. That's fair. That's fair. Favorite music artist? Uh, Blink One Eighty Two. Great pick. Great pick. Um, the original band, college- not, not not the new band. Yeah. It's weird now. <laughs> <laughs> the early 2000s, late 90s. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> worst college town you've been to? Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. I haven't visited a ton of college towns. I actually live currently uh, about 10 minutes outside of Ohio University. Um, and, and that's about two and a half hours away from Cincinnati. But it is home. I would say... Hmm. Can I can I say Dallas? I think that's... I mean, I don't know that it's a college town. Well, that, that leads me to my next question. Is Are Cincinnati, Orlando, and Houston college towns? No, I don't think they're college towns. So I don't know that I can use Dallas. Uh, but I, I haven't been... To my fair share of college towns, I'll say that. Well, you, yeah, you can. Is is? Do you like Athens? I mean, it's, I said worst college town. <laughs> Some people don't like where they where they're living at currently. It's it's growing on me. I'll say that. <laughs> All right, Jordan or LeBron? Jordan. Yeah, we're we're back on the train, Jeremy. Um, favorite <laughs> restaurant in Cincinnati? Skyline. I always have to stop every single time. They don't have one out here in Athens, so I have to stop every single time I go back home. Skyline Chili, baby. There we go. Um, which of the current Big 12 teams are you most excited to play? Man. Football or basketball? We'll go one for each. I would say basketball, Kansas. Um, I want to go to Kansas. I want to be there and, and be part of just another storied program. Um I know they're not – yeah, I, I think that that would be a fun one to go to. Uh, as far as football goes, um, I think I'm more excited to see if we can get Oklahoma or Texas into Nippert Stadium to see if we can give them all the horns down and, and get them out of here or plant the flag in the middle of our turf and, and show Oklahoma what's up before they leave. Um, but, but as far as visiting um, – I mean, having credentials helps, and uh, I would say there's not a stadium in Texas that I am not excited about going to. Like, I'm excited about going to all of them. Like, I want to get to Lubbock. I want to get to Waco. I I mean, I want to see what the conference is like. Um, Maybe not not all of them the same year. It's a lot of travel to Texas. Um, but but just to uh, to see what an actual crowd is like here in in American college football because Cincinnati has struggled to find that with many of their opponents. Yeah, I mean Jeremy Jeremy laughed when you said Waco. I don't know how long you want to stay in Waco. Hey, but, um, <laughs> <He'll> <laughs> well, you you go for you go for the night that you get a meal and and you get out of there. It's fine, <laughs> like, but you still right get to back. say. 
then maybe I have a worse place I've visited. Who knows? <laughs> there you go. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back and we'll ask you after your first year. We'll ask you. <laughs> uh, and then last but not least, better tortilla, corn or flour? Corn. My man, man. Man of truth right there. Um, thank you once again, Aaron Smith from Bearcat Journal. I really appreciate it. Um, also, Bearcat Journal is not the only thing that you do, Aaron. Plug away. Plug where people can find you and hear you and read everything that you do, all of it. Well, first and foremost, I want to correct myself. It's the victory bell. And anybody who listened to this from Cincinnati would be pissed if I didn't actually correct that. Not the Liberty Bell. Uh, Liberty Bell's in Philly. I don't know what I was doing there. Um <laughs> That said, uh, I actually wrote for Lindy's uh, college football preview this year. I have a two-page spread in the uh, Lindy's college football preview for the Cincinnati Bearcats. For whatever reason, they don't put anybody's name in there, um, but I did actually write that. Um, I do the uh, Bearcat Journal. Um, Occasionally I write articles, mostly I do the executive producing and I do, uh, I co-host the Bearcat Bounce podcast on Monday nights with the Bearcat Journal. Um, I produce the Bearcat, or the, uh, the BCJ pod on Thursdays for Bearcat Journal and I host, uh, pardon the punctuation, which is a Cincinnati sports podcast on Tuesday nights, which is also part of Bearcat Journal. Busy, busy man. Where can they follow you on Twitter? Uh, my tag is here on my name if you're watching. Um, I don't know if anybody's watching or if this is audio only. Um, but if you are listening, it's at ACSmith37. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Aaron. Aaron Smith from the Bearcat Journal. Thanks again for coming on the podcast. Uh, Jeremy, anything else you want to say to the people? Every day is a day that we're closer to football, so... It's a win. Super glad to have Aaron on. We will continue to get more guests as we continue to preview the rest of the Big 12 teams. It just gets better from here. That's right. That's right. As we close the chapter on the new Big 12 teams coming in, uh, we switch it to the current Big 12 teams. We'll be previewing every Big 12 team going into the 2022 season, starting with those dastardly Bears out of Waco. Um, so Baylor Bears up next. But thanks again, Aaron, for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Jeremy. And this is Albie Shore. And you have been listening to Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network. As always, stay wrecked, people.